0: When we are doing the will of our true self, we are inevitably doing the will of the universe. In magic, these are seen as indistinguishable,
1: that every human soul is in fact one human soul. It is the soul of the universe itself, and as long as you are doing the will
0: of the universe, then it is impossible to do anything wrong. Uh. and this is Prag Magic. In this podcast, we will journey through the investigation and application of metaphysical means to enhance and inspire what I consider to be the great unifying purpose of our short human existence, the creative process. And it's my intention to learn and reveal exercises that ex those inner oppressive thought patterns as well as exorcising those lurking, psychic vampires. Join me as I consort the unseen as means for getting the fuck out of creative stagnation. Stagnation that bewitches each and all of us, artists or not. In his last novel, DIY Magic, Anthony Alvarado created a compendium of exercises to jumpstart the microcosm, or the creative individual's search within, and he did so without all the heavy hoopla and goo-goo-woo-woo normally exasperated in quote-unquote seeker-oriented works. Now, my friend and fellow practitioner, Alvarado has set his sights on the macrocosm, or the individual's ability to affect society at large, in his new book, DIY Resistance, 36 Ways to Fight Back, out on Seven Stories Press. The DIY ethos has been the bedrock of not only the social collectivist, but the progressive individualist across every artistic medium for decades now. Alvarado takes that same gumption for the creative commerce and community apparent within the DIY scene and corresponds it to the grassroots political activism apparent today, toting that very same multi-generationally self-sufficient and pragmatic approach into a sort of protest punk prose. Let's make no bones about it. Resistance doesn't try to be accessible for the conservative factions of America. It utilizes the current administration as its call to arms for radical change, and it celebrates and motivates revolt. So if you're soured at all by the sentiment of this book's choice of antagonist, hold fast, but listen hard, as our conversation dives deep into healing the divide as much as it does into devastating it. So slither hither, weirdos, witches, and protest punks. Here's my conversation with author, podcaster, and musician, Anthony Alvarado. Hello. Hey, Anthony. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today.
1: Hey, Keith. Thanks for having me on your show.
0: Of course, man. I've been really looking forward to getting you on uh, specifically to dive into a segment of this podcast I haven't yet or have been reticent to, and that is the area of politics. Okay. Um, I thought, who better to uh, discuss that than the writer of not only DIY Magic, but your new book, DIY Resistance, and that came out in July?
1: Yeah, that just came out, DIY Resistance, and in a lot of ways, if people are familiar with DIY Magic, it follows a similar layout in that uh, it's a collection of activities that people can do. Each activity is a very hands on, almost a little recipe um, where it's like, here's the ingredients, here's something to try. And whereas in DIY Magic, those activities were things like go to a float tank or uh try to get lost in in a foreign city or make your own tarot card in uh d i y resistance, which is much more about political activism um, the activities are things like don't forget the president is a moron and don't forget to vote and you know taking inspiration from uh, civic activists and protesters of the past. So, you know, I, yeah, I thought that, uh, I would try the same kind of, here's a toolbox, here's a recipe book, here's a cookbook of, of things that you can do It's very proactive, um, for the reader. So the, that the reader can, um, so I think that, you know, going into this year, uh, Politically, with with what's going on in America right now, um, a lot of people have been, myself included, have been feeling sort of like, okay, well, what next? How do we move forward? Uh, what are some of my options to respond and and play a part in in uh, what's going on? Um, so yeah, it's it's a, a Different in a lot of ways, is very different from DIY magic, but in some ways it's it's similar. It's about
0: well, yeah, that's, simple. Yeah, that's the thing that I kind of like my resolve with your these like kind of duality is, you know, it's kind of the individualistic perspective of you know, personal well being with DIY magic, but then going to like more of a collectivist idea of DIY resistance. And they're both Prag magic you know, uh, trademark, copywritten, Uh, I know. They're both, you know, pragmatic manuals for uh, kind of the inner politics and the outer politics, it seems.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I think that's well said, really. You know, uh, you can look at, one way to look at the idea of magic is this is having an intent, having a a will, having an idea of some change you want to affect on your own personal reality and then moving forward with that in kind of trickstery or unusual ways. And as far as, um, as far as political activism, you know, uh, that's in many ways that's very different because it's about the social collective. You know, it's about influencing, uh, our democracy. And, um, you know, frankly, I never, after writing DIY magic, I I wouldn't have guessed that my next book was going to be about political activism that, you know, that, that really, uh, wasn't on my radar. But then once I started to get into it, it kind of just made more and more sense. So, well,
0: that's the thing. To me, it seems contrarian at first, but bigger picture, it's kind of, you know, both halves of the whole.
1: Yeah, you know, microcosm, macrocosm.
0: Both are very pragmatic manuals to do so. It's You don't get lost in the woo-woo so much as, DIY magic—they're kind of, you know, psychological tricks to help motivate. You know, go within. Mm-hmm. So, what what are the kind of tactics you have in DIY resistance?
1: Um, yeah, I think that, uh, like you were saying, you know, and it, it's not—I I try to avoid the woo-woo and in the in the, the magic book and in the um, in this book about. Uh, resistance. I tried to, you know, I know that a lot of people are feeling uh, a lot of things right now about the Trump presidency and about where we are as a nation and politics. And activism has has become like so uh, polarized and so fraught with uh, with people beating up on each other on all sides. You know, yeah. not only. Like right versus left, or liberal versus conservative, but also uh, I, I see a lot of people that are progressives that are, you know, there's a lot of bickering often that goes on on um, yeah. that side. And so I wanted to try to create something that really dove past all of that, I tried to get kind of get back to basics and be um, very proactive. And, and frankly, um, positive you know because i I think that we can achieve more as activists as people trying to move things forward for uh where we live you know for our communities and and everything if we're doing that from a place of empowerment and doing that from a place of um of of not not despair so yeah um you know, one one thing that I really kind of did was break things down into really approachable, simple areas or ideas. So like there's a chapter on income inequality, um, because I think that, you know, um, big corporate money lobbyists on, on the uh, they've they've used their their money uh, to. Uh, pull the wool over uh, a lot of pe- a lot of people's uh, take on right. what's going on. Um, and then I you know there's a chapter on the environment. There's a chapter on ways of getting the message out. you know we, I cover podcasting, like what you do. I cover blogs. Um, I cover there's uh, a, a, a kind of a a really fast. Connect the dots on the Russia investigation. So this is kind of like a—it's a primer that, uh, it's a, an activist one-on-one primer that kind of looks at the roots of everything. Now
0: your book came out a month ago before a lot of the major news happened. Uh, considering mm-hmm. like Manafort and, you know, I don't yeah. want to get too into details of the politics, but how how do you feel that your um, your kind of summary? of that situation is panning out? Does it, does it seem
1: expected? Pretty good. I yeah. mean, I think that he, there was absolutely collusion and we're going to find out more and more. And ultimately there's going, at some point there's going to be some smoking gun that is like, okay, Trump knew what the fuck was going on. Of course he did. It's right. just a slimy fucking shitbag. bag. Of course he knew. And of course, you know, he, he knew that Russia was offering, you know, to help put him in power and sway the election. And we're going to find that out. That's going to be, uh, I mean, it's so obvious right now. We don't well, like, what do we need? A, an actual, like, do you need to actually like watch a PP tape to, you know, like, who I mean,
0: is, I honestly so, think they do. I mean, the conspiratorial, conspiratorial, it's going to take jail.
1: And, and who cares? Like the, the, the PP tape could come out and, 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 you know, they'd play it everywhere but Fox News and there'd be like parts of it are blurred out or whatever. Yeah, or and evangelists will base,
0: call it a baptism,
1: you know. <laughs> sure. His, but it you know, it's like it's uh it's like he I don't think that would sway the base one way or the other no. at this point. It's, um but uh sorry, you know, it's it's easy when once we get started talking about uh about Russia, the Russia investigation, you know, like we could just, we could easily talk about that for hours. But yes, you were asking, you were asking, um, how I wrote a book knowing that, uh, more and more information was going to be coming out. I, the, the thing that, um, that worked out well for me is like right at the beginning of diving into this, you know, on, on the eve of the election, Uh, I was like, "Holy shit! This is going to get really bad." With Trump in power, like the guy doesn't have a moral bone in his body. There is no safeguard. There is no no stopping point for what. Like, I think he morally, like as far as his character, he's as bad as as any any historical tyrant. You know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Ever. And and the only thing that will. prevent him from you know b- would prevent him from like making himself like fucking emperor or whatever you know for the rest of his life and then his kids you know uh, the only thing that'll prevent shit like that is if people uh push back and you know obviously we the Republicans aren't going to do that and so you know it's up to the rest of the American people the people that haven't gone just totally nuts <laughs> to To push back and to resist, and, and that's why you know I think that this is really for our uh our civilization, our society. this is like an all hands on deck moment. and you know this is a time like i, I going into uh, this era, I knew so many people that were just like, yeah, you know, politics just isn't really thing. I mean, I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not like a one of the bad guys. I agree with you, but you no, know, I don't have time for politics. But um, that that moment has passed. Like, oh yeah, the, this is like um, everybody, every able person that that can that has a voice, has opinion, has. Like we, we need everybody uh, to get on board and, and push in the right direction, or else things will continue to get worse and worse and worse. Um, and, he, and yeah, so that's you know that's why I, I wrote this book is it's kind of a like for some of us who maybe uh, didn't w- want to uh, jump into the political fray, like the, that's no longer an option. And so right. you know that the book is. For like myself, that who kind of were like, I I saw a funny tweet, Yoko Ono, you know, Uh the Beatles, Yoko, she tweeted uh, something to the effect of like, you know, when, when I uh, was, was was more active, like I didn't, there wasn't a need for me to be involved in politics. Like she was talking about, like, you know, back in the day when she was uh, hanging out with, John Lennon and, right. G- and, giving, giving you know, these traveling, me. You know, she was headline news and she was like back, you know, pa- there wasn't a need for me to be political, but you know, nowadays, like there, there is this of dire, the situation is like somebody who's just, you know, she's, she's an avant-garde artist. Right. And she's saying like the not being political is not an option anymore. And that's, uh, that makes sense to me. Like, I, I feel like we don't have the option to sit by on the sidelines and hope that somebody else is going to clean up this mess. Um, it, it's like, we got to jump in and do something about this. And that's what this book is about. It's about empowering people like myself, like Yoko Ono who are like, you know, I would have preferred to you know, be an avant-garde artist or something or, you know, not be a, a political person, but right. you know, that's Look what you made me anymore. do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: and so and so for a lot of people, I think that there's this feeling of like, well, shit, I don't know much about politics. Like, where do I begin? And so DIY resistance is like, well, here's here's kind of a primer. Here's like, uh, here's the the history and your basic knowledge base that goes into protesting. That goes into like, what is socialism? Why is the system so rigged? How how do the fucking rich people keep on screwing us over? Right. Like, how does Fox News work? how How bad could it get? Like, what happened? Uh, what what's going on in Russia under Putin? How did Hitler get away with what he did? What are the parallels between Trump's uh, America? And and, you know, uh, what happened in Germany and there's some scary parallels. And so, you know, this is just kind of like a blueprint uh, for people that maybe are uh, like, okay, I want to I want to help out. I want to get involved. But I don't where do I begin? And, you know, go go ahead, Keith.
0: I was just going to say it almost seems like we needed Trump as this. Archon to kind of bring us together, but I'm I'm having a hard time seeing the unity amongst the resistance. At but at the same time, I I like am vibing just the vitriol and the confusion and just bewilderment about such a cartoon character of a bad actor running the country. You can't write this shit. It's mm-hmm. it's too. Too obvious in some crazy American satirical comedy. But this is kind of like business as usual, though. You know, there's been shady shit in politics for years, no matter the party. And it's almost like it took such a just ridiculous caricature Mm -hmm. of, you know, dumb fascist person to really bring people to the realization that, holy shit, the rules are off now. I mean, you know, no more is this like no more is this something that is done behind our backs it's fucking blatant
1: mm, absolutely
0: yeah the most outspoken groups on either side tend to be the ones that really shy people away from kind of communing like where where do you find the community
1: yeah uh, well you know i th- yeah that's a good point i think that you know uh it is it is like the the loudest voices that that sort of get to dictate what the um what the, yeah, terms like psychic, of the conversation are?
0: Psychic bullying. You know, people don't wanna deal with it because they can't stand or put up with all the uh you know, just the vitriol mm-hmm. is the only word I have. But yeah. yeah, so how where does someone who earnestly wants to get started locally, like, what would you say the first thing to do? I think,
1: yeah, I think that you, uh, you want to connect with like your passions, your voice, your, the things that are meaningful to you. Um, so, you know, no one person can, Deal with all of the issues because there's like so much of uh, like under the Trump administration, so so many areas are are um, under attack from freedom of speech. Oh. <laughs> uh, you have the race the blatant racism. You have women's rights. You have um, environmental issues. You know, and it's, it can be so overwhelming. Right. And uh, and that's part of that's a big part of the problem is that we can get overwhelmed. And so one of the Things that I talk about in DIY resistance is to choose your battles, choose the thing that that you want to make a contribution to and understand that no one person can do it all. and so if uh, if for you speaking out or or putting your effort um, on the on the side of what's right and good and just, if for you that is about uh fighting against racism or uh in the area of the environment or mm-hmm. uh what which whatever it is that really resonates with you that that's what you should march towards march for go for and i'm not saying ignore all the other stuff but right. you know find find the thing that that's like this is my this is my uh my calling my cause and then, I actually, cause and calling is a good way to put it because mm-hmm. you want to find the causes that that like you know like this is personal. This is where what I want to like take a stand for because then you're gonna be more more motivated. And I think it's okay to to know that uh, as long as you're pushing back in in some area earnestly and honestly and genuinely, then you're doing your part because you know. You, you know, there's just not time for any one person, you know, it's like, it's a, it'd be a full-time job yeah. to like keep track of every single issue and, and you, you burn out if you try to do that. So that's one of the, that's one of the things that I recommend is to, is to choose one, one area. And then another thing on top of that, just to close up that thought is to uh, discover your, your voice or your, the, um your way of, of pushing back or protesting, you know, like for some people that is maybe is literally marching with a sign and for other people, you know, it could be, um, it could be something like in the arts, maybe you're a creative person, maybe you do, uh, you know, visual art or, writing or, you know, or for another person, you know, it might be like a podcast like this or a conversation with a relative, you know, there's like so many different areas. Um, and, and I think that as long as everybody's kind of finding their way to, uh, express and push back in their realms in their areas, then that, that matters and that counts. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't get overwhelmed thinking like, oh, I'm not doing enough. Do your part and, you know, know that that you're just a one drop in this giant sea, this giant wave that we need to all become to push back. This
0: here Prag Magic podcast is brought to you by Portland, Oregon's open source art religion and Prag Magic art collective, We the Hallowed. For more information, please visit WeTheHallowed.org or support these five pious individuals at patreon.com slash hallowed. Remember, that's hallowed like saintly. H-A-L-L-O-W-E-D. Thank you and haunt on. I guess my big question, especially with not only where do I start, you know, the obvious pragmatic one. A lot of the crap that the left is getting is, ironically, not having a focused agenda. The thing is, battling so many things, it's hard to kind of whittle down what three primary focuses should be. And I was wondering if you had an idea of what are the most pivotal or biggest things that we need to uh, prioritize.
1: Yeah, that's really tough, you know, to to kind of prioritize like that because you know it is it is complicated. It's like, well, okay, all the problems in the world, you know, how do you you know pick the pick them in the top order? But um, you know, I I do think that ultimately at the end of the day, it comes down to connecting to. Each other, it, it comes down to um, connectiveness, uh, compassion versus like alienation and othering. Now, like what is going on here is that there's a segment of our society that is uh, predominantly white, predominantly um, uh, it's an older demographic. It's more towards like a, a rural evangelical. it's it's the Fox viewership and that uh, part of our culture, you know, that was the dominant majority of our culture for such a long time, you know, very uh, patriarchal, like Don Draper's 1950s Mad Men kind of like America, like that was the dominant um, culture of our society for, for a really long time. And I think that That culture is feeling super threatened right now, and uh, in 2016, Mm -hmm. you know, Trump was like kind of a lashing out of 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 the dominant culture, kind of seeing like it's waning days and waning uh, waning um, on the horizon, and um, you know, so there's a very like. Us versus them mentality there. There's a very yeah. like it's it's racial, mm-hmm. it's it's about gender, sexism, it's about it's cultural cult, you know, yeah. the there's some really complicated um uh things going on there, but ultimately what's 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 been um kind of fought over is this is identity of like what what is America, who is America, what is what does it mean? You know, and you you see that in being like the idea of um Americanness like kind of usurped and you have You know, if you go out to the country, you have like people aggressively driving like giant trucks that they don't seem to be using to haul things. It's just they they, like pay more for gas and they've got these giant American flags. And the American flag has become the symbol of like of, you know, almost like a a MAGA red hat, like it's become this kind of like freaky, weird uh, symbol of like, well, this is America is only like white. You know, um, Fox News, Trump America—it's like one version of America that's very stuck in the past. Um, And then on the other side of that, you have um, a more expansive, like a version of uh, a version of well, no, to be like America has always been the great melting pot, and America has always like this is about being something inclusive and. And, you know, basically it's looking forward towards what we could become as a nation to people that want to uh, hold on to what they had, Um, but that what they had has already, it's not coming back, you know, like the, the cold, the cold jobs.
0: There's, there's a place for that too, if you want it. Why does it have to be, you know, wholesale owned
1: in such a way? you know, but I think like that's, that kind of that cultural wrestling or um, crises that that's at the center of it, of, of what's going on. Um, and yeah, I think you, like you're saying, like the, the positive way forward is, is to fight against that fear of the other and that fear of, um people people are pissed off and sad and mad that they're losing their place in like this hierarchy and you know the only way forward that that's going to work is not only to dismantle that hierarchy but to set up a system that works better than a fucking hierarchy and that you know I think once we get to that like I think those people uh, could get to a place where where they're like, oh, oh, why was I fighting so hard? This is so much better, you know. Like, <laughs> I had this uh, uh, this moment. This kind of interesting. I just, I just thought of this. Uh, I was recently at this uh, festival called the Beloved Festival, and it was on the Oregon coast, and. Uh, one of the things they have there is like people, they have a, like a tent develop, a tea pavilion where you hang out with people and you're just drinking tea and just like having conversations with strangers, which is, you know, this really conducive to just talking with random people. And um, so I was, I was talking to these people that I had just met and we're having tea and uh, people were like talking about what, High school, or maybe even beyond high school, maybe it was like junior high. They're talking about like school when you're a little kid and what that was like for for them. And so one kid was like, you know, I was a bully like back then, back when I was a kid. I was totally a bully, and I was just mean to the kids. I beat up one of the kids, and it was just like a real bully. And you know, like he, he's a at this point, he's like a full grown guy. He's, he's just he was like, uh, but you know, but like it's not fun to be the bully and it was like he was having this realization while he's talking about it like it's not fun to be the bully and like that really stuck with me that that sentence you know because ultimately i think that the those people like the people driving the fucking giant truck with the giant flag like i think that might be like or the the bully like punching some kid for their lunch money on the playground or or like making a kid eat dirt on the playground or whatever cruel thing that they're doing like it's not fun to be the bully they're doing that because they're scared they're scared and it's fear and it's not it's not a, actually a place of uh power it's not a place of feeling they don't feel um they're doing that it's like a defense it's a defense thing and i think that ultimately yeah you know if we can uh heal as a nation not only will the the people uh who are have been like having to deal with this shit like myself like i'm i'm latino like i'm i'm a, I'm a minority and i have like kind of dealt with what it's like to be a minority in america my whole life and not only like the minorities or the people that are like taking, being attacked, you know, but like the, the bullies, I think, or the people that are so angry, if they can like, let go of that. Uh, they'll be a lot happier too. You know, keeping that in mind is, is like a, um, is super important. Like ultimately, uh, if we can move past like this, making, thinking of people as the enemy and just move towards like getting everybody on the same page. I think that's uh, that's a beautiful state to move towards.
0: Because there are civil people in my social circle and otherwise that don't have the same political beliefs. I believe that there is more civility uh, between the factions than there is being shown. And I was wondering if, if you had an idea of how to kind of bridge that gap or to, uh, you know, to not make people on on the other side feel defenses, defensive so much that they're losing something or bad that they were wrong and vice versa, you know what I mean? Because I think that's a lot of it, too. It's like this ingrained fear of regret. You see that with the Trump base. Yeah. A lot of them are just sticking with them, no matter that he's proven time and time and again, he is not doing what they wanted. He's not for them. But they just have this fear of this guilt that they don't want to address. And I was wondering if in the book at all, or in your personal life, if you've found good ways to kind of bridge that divide at all, interpersonally or, or otherwise?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's not just about like, uh, one way to look at that is not, it's not just about like, okay, I need to convince, you know, my crazy cousin who's like wears a, a MAGA hat and is like a diehard Trump supporter that um, he's wrong, you know, because that's probably never going to happen. <laughs> and at some point, we just have to, um, like, you know, th- at some point, you're just wasting your time or breath of your life arguing with with somebody who's not going to change their mind, like, yeah, there's no point in that. But I do think that, um, where, uh, but that, you know, that doesn't mean that we can't like, you know, as a society or as a community, like, um, get along with people at our work or in our neighborhood or on our softball team or whatever, like, You know, I think that civil interaction uh, does go a really long way. Um, But as far as like talking to others that you maybe aren't exactly on the same page, I think we could actually improve that a lot just as progressives. Because I always, I often will see um, people who should be, who I know are like, uh, you know, definitely – Not Trump supporters, but like bickering about like uh, leftist politics. And it's such a like it's such a waste of time at this point to be like, you know, arguing about um, little details when there's like there's a huge like there's a raging forest fire right over there. And it's not the time to be like, oh, you know, this candle is spilling wax. Uh, on the table. Well, the house is going to burn down, you know, mm-hmm. because of the, 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 there's a fire right there. I and mean, it's a really awkward analogy, but my point is like, we don't have the time or the luxury or the Liberty yet to like be bickering with uh, ourselves on the, on the left or as progressives or however you want to put it. Um, now is not that because I, you know, I know people that are much more, uh, much more radical, you know, than, than me politically. And I know people are much more centrist and moderate. And I think like, that's great, you know, and we can, there's room for discourse and there's room for uh, different viewpoints. But right now, like we got a, we have a fucking fascist authoritarian tyrant in power who, if we don't get that guy out of office, ASAP it might be too late so we might not have the luxury to debate about whether white people can make tacos in portland oregon you know right. and tell them like, yeah that's thank you that's for a bringing fine that yeah. that's a fine debate <laughs> i guess but like that's pretty pretty low on on the scale of things when you right. have uh you have the white house like barring muslims from flying into america it's like okay Let's focus on the big shit and don't sweat the small stuff. That's my mantra. Is don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, let's all get on the same page.
0: So that brings me back to the question from before about, like, is is, is getting the president out? Do you think that's the, the main or uh, coagulating force that the left or, you know, everyone needs to kind of focus on? Do you think that's the next pivotal moment for us?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Are you in fear of the the Mike Pence scare that always accompanies that question?
1: (laughs) No. I I mean, he's he's bad, but uh, I don't think he's as bad as Trump. I
0: think I'm more frightened than Pence. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think we should get someone who's not fit to serve.
1: Oh, you're more frightened of Pence?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's like this... It's this old, well, quiet, you know, backroom demeanor and just, ugh.
1: Yeah, no, he's he's totally a scary dude and he's, like, every bit as much a liar. the loud
0: you should be afraid of, you know? It's no,
1: like, you should be afraid of Trump. Well, but here's the thing. Yeah, we, I, I,
0: I, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, and I disagree. I think Trump's, like, fucking terrifying. And Pence, eh, that's... You know what? If we uh, could, could get... Uh, If we can vote Trump out of office, um, then Pence goes with him. And if we can impeach Trump, then uh, I don't think Pence is going to have a very easy time getting reelected two years down the road. So, yeah, either way, I think if we get rid of Trump, we get rid of Pence.
0: Yeah, I guess what I meant was that in no way, my fear of Pence in no way uh, deters me from wanting and advocating Trump's removal from office. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of people kind of use that as the blase cop out. Yeah. You know, it's a blasé, oh, but Pence it's would a blasé be a blase
1: cop out. Uh, I don't yeah. even want to talk about it. It's silly. Like, right. Pence says, <laughs> yeah. Now, if we can get rid of Trump, that's fantastic. End of story. And then, you know, yeah, sure, then we'll deal with Pence. But if we, if we got rid of Trump, like, Pence is like, would be so weakened you know it's like
0: yeah i don't think he'd be voted in you know
1: no no he was not a chance um you know get rid of cobra commander and then worry about destro or whatever <laughs> you know like it's, it's it'll be okay but first we got to get rid of uh kill the head the body will follow is that the thing um well yeah, that's a pretty so, metal saying. so um yeah, I got. I just got a little bit more time, and then I'm actually I'm headed out to go camping in the desert for a while, uh, for for a week. So, um,
0: yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that as yeah, well. I, I guess uh, just to wrap up the um, DIY Resistance, your new book, and you can find it anywhere, right? It's on Amazon.
1: It's... Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's on um, anywhere like it's anywhere that has. Penguin Books. It's available from Seven Stories Press. Um, Seven Stories Press was the publisher, um, and I was really happy to get to work with them because uh, Seven Stories Press has uh, worked with like Noam Chomsky and Howard Zinn, and you know they've they've been doing uh, leftist books for a really long time. Um, or I shouldn't even say leftist. I should say radical books for a really long right. time. So you didn't really say you're in
0: righteous company.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: so the the books at Powell's and where else? I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, the it, you know bookstores, Powell's, Amazon, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: your radio show is still uh, going, of yeah. which you know full disclosure, I engineer sometimes. That's uh, the Magic Hour.
1: Yeah. Thank you for, for engineering that. Um, yeah. I hope to get some new episodes up this fall and those are going to be on X-Ray FM and you can go to X-Ray FM's uh, website to uh, download those, I believe. And then I'll, I usually uh, try to put a link on my website, which is net, and people can go there to kind of check out what I'm up to and, yeah.
0: Yeah. Before we, we conclude with your desert trip and stuff, I just wanted to ask one quick question. Uh, what would you say pragmatically anyone listening or otherwise, what is the very first step and, in, in DIY resistance? Like what is the initial foot that needs to be set out?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I want to say, I said, th- I said, th- uh, Vote in, in some ways, like, because it's right. kind of like maybe that's the alpha and the omega, the first and the last thing to do, because, like, you know, there's all this stuff that we can do. You know, we can march. We can fight with people on Facebook. We can <laughs> study the news. We can stress out about it or not. But whatever you do, make sure to vote and and make sure to, like, get your friends to vote. Get. Get people to vote, you know, <laughs> because yeah. like at the end of the day, uh, that is what puts people in in power to make weird decisions, make good decisions or bad decisions about uh, how this country is governed. So, you yeah. know, let's put a bunch of like Democratic Socialists and for uh, a change and see what happens. You know, that's what I think. Um yeah, vote. I vote, could use vote, the free vote. healthcare. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> You're heading to the desert. Is this another kind of uh uh metaphysical retreat for
1: you? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Uh, uh me and I guess um, aren't they all? Yeah, right. Uh we'll see. I'm going out there with like a small group of a couple dozen friends, and we're just gonna kind of uh usher in the fall and <sighs> jealous. Uh yeah it's 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 going to be great. I'm I'm super excited and um yeah, you know, like it's it's kind of funny after talking about politics for the past hour or whatever, but you know, I think that you also got to take time to uh recharge the soul and to get out in nature and to right. um not be like hustling so hard on whatever it is that you're working <laughs> on. And so uh yeah, I'm going to go off, go off the grid for a uh, few days and um, yeah, no, no, uh no idea what I'm going to find out there. We'll see. <laughs> I'm
0: jealous. I mean, I couldn't feel the number nine or the numerological, you know, cadence of change uh more than I do now. And it's funny, we're talking on the last day of August, which mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, is like the last day of summer.
1: Yeah. I feel uh, that way.
0: Man, there's some, there's just, I don't know about your life but uh me for good and for bad it's just been kind of a whirlwind of change and upheavals and progress and just weird kind of cosmic resetting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think fall fall off and kind of felt that way. Um yeah, I agree definitely.
0: And you uh you you did something similar just recently right at a kind of a magical retreat?
1: Um, yeah, I I went and I did a workshop at the beloved fest, which I would recommend that to people, uh, if they're interested in festivals, that's something that happens every year in tidewater, Oregon, uh, in, in the summertime. And I'm sure it'll be happening again next year. There's a lot of great music. There's a lot of, uh, great, um, speakers. I was, really excited and honored to get to do a, a workshop there. Um, there's a lot of just like yoga and like a sacred music festival. Um, really, really fun stuff. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, I encourage people to find that balance between, uh, cause I know that, you know, this show is for seekers like yourself and like myself, people that are, you know, trying to really, uh, follow follow their their life's journey the journey of their own uh self wherever that leads and that's a beautiful thing and then uh i think that we also want to remember to uh try to take care of this planet and take care of our fellow uh our our fellow people on this planet so you know evolve yourself but stay engaged and, and stay active
0: There you have it, folks, Mr. Anthony Alvarado. You can find DIY Resistance and his previous book, DIY Magic, wherever books are sold, uh, typically Amazon.com. Also, anthonyalvarado.net. There will be links in the show notes. will lead you to his podcast slash radio show, which yours truly engineers. For x-ray fm here in portland oregon you can find uh, streams of previous episodes and i know we're booked to record kind of a big one next week with a famous poet um so stay tuned for that so regarding politics um i racked my brain on when and how the political climate would finally seep into pragmagic Uh, Even when the show first started, there was kind of a ban on politics at all being introduced, mainly because uh, the show was focused more on big metaphysical ideas. Well, these days in the occult or esoteric communities... Uh, both archaic and modern metaphysical philosophies seem to be weaponized or at least utilized to support any practitioner's personal political beliefs. Uh, however, being that this program is morphing into more of a personal peer into this here Doofus's spiritual and emotional evolution or uh, transformation from full-time Doof artist into somewhat of an integrated little to no doof human and artist uh, we gotta address the elephant or jackass in the room you see my need is to prioritize human interconnectivities these days uh, my relationship with a community not just to wallow in this self-fallating search within that a lot of these spiritual practices kind of follow into And this is what the Hermeticists call the Principle of Correspondence, Uh, the micro and the macro, as above, so below. It's only fitting that Alvarado would explore the micro of individualism in his magic book DIY Magic, and evolve into the macro of the socially conscious uh, DIY resistance. However, and this is what makes his two DIY entries even more pivotal, I believe, is that they do not rely in any way on one another. Only those with both will have this hermetic scope of the correspondence between them. And I believe that's incredibly important. Um, I'd like my sentiments and my actions to affect more than just little old me in positive ways, you know? Perhaps now's the time to show up and participate They say that the hermetic teachings in the Kybalion Which I And forgive me if I butchered that name Kybalion uh, I stumbled onto uh, Right after recording this episode with Anthony It said that it would be presented to those Ready for its wisdom Well uh, My studies stumbled me into it And it's true After my conversation with Anthony I found the text, and thus rethinking my remarks that were previously on an edit of this show. Because I, I saw a big picture here. So, it doesn't matter uh, what faction or so uh, that you might subscribe to. The point is, belief should lead you to get involved. Belief needs to become action, needs to become exercise, needs to become exorcised. Uh, So in any way, share those experiences in this corporal reality amongst this shared somatic reality and uh, get weird. Or fuck it and be like me and continue to dive deep into this woo-woo late on a Friday night. Here's to Grimoire's Wanda Jackson Records and We the Hollowed. My art collective that I feel like I need to kickstart once again. Time to get the band back together, so to speak. If you'd like to support my cause, and I would hope that you would, Patreon.com/slash We the Hallowed. There's a bunch of reward tiers. Um, everything from the podcast subscription, a dollar a month, plus all the goodies and extras, uh, to becoming a full-fledged member of We the Hallowed. Okay, a couple of things. I am personally experimenting again with the content schedule of this podcast, so I apologize for the long delays. I have a bunch in the chamber right now. In the upcoming weeks, you'll hear from Thad McCracken, former editor of my alma mater, disinfo.com, or the disinformation company, the one that was started by Richard Metzger that published all those amazing books that caused me to explore chaos magic through the works of Genesis Peorage and William S. Burroughs. So recently, disinformation was taken down. First time in 22 years it's been offline, and there are currently no, well... We'll dive deep into what happened to the disinfo giant just a week ago when they took it offline. So look forward to that. Also, we have Robert A. Powell from Logos of Oakfield, which is a YouTube channel. We had a fascinating conversation, really got into the nitty gritty about the magician's way and what it means to get lost in the sophism of a lot of these new gurus abound also I know some of you have been asking me about the episode that's showcasing my father's interview with the late great Robert Anton Wilson and that is still coming Um, I've been wrestling about when to put it out because it feels strange it feels like it might be a little nepotistic or uh, opportunistic on my part even though I believe it should be heard and reach uh you know the biggest audience it possibly can. So once I got over the idea that it might be construed that way, I decided that I would have a couple more episodes under my belt before I release the two-parter which is the seldom viewed or heard interview my father Tom Ross did with none other than Raw, Robert Anton Wilson. Here's a track from my last album as Dakota Slim that came out this summer. It's called Wasted Bones. And it goes like this. Haunt on. inevitably doing the will of the universe. In magic, these are seen as indistinguishable.
1: That every human soul is in fact one human soul. It is the soul of the universe itself, and as long as you are doing the will of the
0: universe, then it is impossible to do anything wrong.